welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Craig and I'm the founder of Scottish Football Forums and I'm once again joined by my glamorous assistant, Laurie. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Craig. Another nice introduction from you as always. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show as we discuss the weekend's Scottish Cup action. Rangers crash out of the, the Scottish Cup in front of some empty seats, Ibrox. I will just gloss over that. Celtic, Celtic uh, go through. No um, bullet. No Cali going ballistic this time. And uh, a couple of replays for Aberdeen, for Hearts as well, St Mirren to, to come. So we'll go through all of that and then a look ahead to the SPL Games midweek and next weekend. Joining us again this evening is Chris, who has managed to get time off from his, his beauty treatments. Evening, Chris. Evening. <laughs> I'm not even going to say anything about that. <laughs> so did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy your, your, your massage from the, your, your Swedish hunk? <laughs> she was quite nice, eh? She? <laughs> He's got a face back on as we're doing this. It's lying there with the cucumbers on his eyes. Uh, I've got my, my, my feet up and my, my, the wee hangs in between your toes. Cause <laughs> <they've been> <laughs> uh, Greg's, he's called in sick. I think he was tempted. I think he was uh, tempted by it. I think he was sold on it last week. It's his turn. Yeah, I remember, maybe that's where he is. I will find out, see if he's improved his looks any. What, for a podcast? <laughs> well, maybe maybe we'll get a visual podcast one day. <laughs> Don't know about that. That's a frightening idea. <laughs> that is, aye. Maybe we get Wendy on. Aye. Meet some pussy on the show, eh? What? <laughs> Laurie, I can't believe you've said that. <laughs> you can, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Right, so starting off, I thought we'd discuss uh, the Scottish Cup games at the weekend. As as you touched on it, Laurie, there was there's some upsets, or, or some would maybe call it an upset at Ibrox, and almost an upset at Aberdeen. So, uh, well, first of all, the, the first game up was Inverness against Celtic. So maybe we should discuss that in detail. The, the scoreline was 2-0 to Celtic. We all three of us went for an away victory, so no surprises there for us anyway. But I thought that Celtic, I think they could have won a lot more than two 0 Going by, there was a about a ten minute spell where Inverness seemed to collapse, and I really don't know what happened. But defensively, they they were all over the place. But but other than that spell where I think Celtic could have scored a few, I thought Inverness looked okay, nothing special, but. But yeah, a, a good victory for Celtic and a potential banana skin dodged. I hear you were there, Chris. Yeah, I finally got a ticket for Inverness. I think it's the first time in four years I've been up there. But I think Terry Butcher had a nail on the head in his post-match conference. It was just, a tra- it was almost a training session for Celtic. It was just, yeah. Inverness were very disappointing. I can't remember having such an easy time up there. And yet we still, still somehow only won by two goals. So easy, you were, you were doing the conga, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was watching people do the Congo. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was good banter when I seen them at half time heading for the the pie stall. It did seem, uh, you know, because obviously they were singing the different words to it, but some of the ones I saw, obviously they were singing, doing the conga when Rangers die. But this, they did see a few people in some of the videos I saw who didn't look like they were too keen on joining in with that. So I don't know if, I don't know Chris's view on it, but certainly a lot of people tell me when we're talking about stuff like that that, oh, I can't wait till Rangers go out of business, but, you know, I 
I would certainly wouldn't want Rangers to go out of business, even though I'm, oh, but you might get second then, but I don't think it would be. I understand the banter, but at the same time, I certainly wouldn't be celebrating if such a thing did happen. But that's just my view. Yeah, I don't know if the, if the singing really... Be, uh, it did seem very loud on the TV, Chris, especially in the second half. It seemed fairly consistent. But I don't know if, the, I don't know if that's really... Uh, shows the, the feeling of the, the majority of Celtic fans because people do get caught up in the, the banter. It's singing that song. It's, it's a good laugh. It's a, a good party atmosphere. And I don't know, Celtic fans I've spoke to, it's kind of mixed. You do get the hardcore that are like, yeah, just just let them die. We'll be better off without them. But then there's others that, that see Rangers as being essential to to have that old firm together, to have that appeal for the, the TV companies. I know that the, the Sky and ESPN deal, that's got a caveat in there that Celtic and Rangers have to be included in the league. And I'm not sure if the deal, the value of the deal is reduced or whether the, the deal is just scrapped if one of those die. Well, so <laughs> you can imagine they'd want to have a deal. What have they got if there's no whole firm matches? Let's, let's be brutally honest. I mean, you've got well, the Edinburgh Derby, you've got Hart Celtic's yeah. not bad, but... It's not exactly the same, the same thing. Well, ESPN don't have any old firm games. That's part of their deal. But then they would lose half their games, really, because they they do enjoy showing the old firm away. So yeah, I'm just not sure what had happened with that. And well, as a Rangers fan, I'm obviously biased, and I would say that I definitely don't want them to die. But I think, as I try and put myself in a Celtic fan's shoes, and I just think. I wouldn't want them to die either because I think it's it's healthy. It's healthy for Scottish football to have the, the two powerhouses in and it, it brings money to the game. Aye. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not criticising singing. I just thought it was quite interesting on the videos because some people seem to be notice, noticeably not joining in, which is, I mean, I'll get, you know, I've, I never want, I always say I never want Hibs to get relegated because I like the Edinburgh Derby too much and I like having Hibs in the league. I mean, and I will joke that it's because we get so many points against them, but I do I do like having the derbies there as well. But I will sing going down and relegation the high bees and whatever, just because it's a bit of banter at the football. But yeah, then sorry, I'm straying. I'm, I'm making everyone go off on a tangent from the game itself. But as you said, it seemed pretty straightforward. Uh, the one thing you know, I do like to pick up on uh, penalty decisions. And was it just me that thought Hooper dived for the penalty, or am I being no, no, I. I, I... I thought it was it was a fair enough penalty. I thought he'd done really well actually to to sneak in and keep the ball in. So, so it's just me who thinks it was a dive. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I can't speak for Chris, but I think he was quite clever. With it. I think he he got in behind Proctor and then he seemed to slow down because it is quite a tight angle. <laughs> and I think that that tight angle is very probable but kept Proctor in the park as well because that's about the only way he could be in a six-yard box and not be a, a goal-scoring opportunity. Well, See what I saw the yeah. replay. I saw I couldn't see I couldn't see above maybe just above their waist. It's quite close in, and his legs went, but their legs didn't touch each other, and that always to me, yeah, I suppose they'll get given. But then again, the Man United Chelsea game. I thought the third one. I thought the sorry the second Man United penalty was never a penalty either, and some people are seem to be mixed on that. So I don't know. I suppose maybe it's because I'm a defender and I look at it from that point of view, but. For me, it was a dive when I looked at it. I didn't get a good view of if they touched like upper body, but it was when I saw it, it looked like Hooper's legs went, and it didn't look like their legs touched each other, which 
Always yeah, seems. It, a bit... it, looked, it looked like a clumsy challenge for Proctor to me, and I, I think Hooper's maybe played for it, but I don't think it, I don't think you could say it wasn't a penalty. Mm. I think it was desperation by the defender because he's really. I think so. Yeah, because he's, he's made up. a complete mess yet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I suppose it's a penalty these days, but you know, I, I find myself arguing with people who weren't Hearts fans that St Johnson that we shouldn't have had a penalty yesterday. I was going. We'll come to that later. Eh? What's that? <laughs> We'll come to that one later. Yes, we will. Aye, so a Celtic progressing to the next round. And the next game up is Aberdeen. I'm not going to mention Samara, she's cracking strike. Aye. Do you know, I've wrote that down in my notes. A, a swirler. I described yeah. it as. Aye, it, was, it was a beauty. It was just a case of just hit it hard and just is, uh, just power it through the keeper, really. Yeah, oh, it was a, it was a, it was a fantastic strike for the the angle he was on, and I think he, he certainly pounced on Ross Tokley's mistake, and I kind of feels a wee bit of revenge given the amount of time we hear about the the, the shocks of Cali Thistle that Ross Tokley's been there for so many years. He was part of the team that shocked us. And it's almost nice to see him make that mistake. He's always he's oh. always got an error in him, Ross Tokley. Never I never see him as the most convincing of defenders. Well, he just seemed to fall apart during that uh, five ten minute spell. He pulls his shorts uh, up too high. He always makes him look like a bit of a <laughs> an accident waiting to happen. <laughs> I can criticise him for a lot of things. I never thought I'd criticise him for fashion. <laughs> in depth analysis in the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if he wore his shorts a bit better, look, made him look a bit more cool. He might he might be a better defender. Uh, Samaras, he sometimes. Kind of reminds me a bit of like Torres sometimes that you know these strikers who are low in confidence and they they just don't shoot a lot of the time and then suddenly when they remember that if they just have a shot and goal every now and then they might actually score. It's just it's one of these things, isn't it? I've I've often thought that Samaras is a lot like Torres. Aye. I've been serious, you know, a striker who's <laughs> undoubtedly got some ability but just seems to go through huge patches with no confidence at all and. It must be difficult for him because everybody's on his back. The the Celtic fans are, are often on his back. The opposition fans are, are almost cheering him on. Yeah, um, like Torres, see? <laughs> yeah, so it's got to be difficult. I think the, the only person really that's consistently stuck by him is Lennon. I don't know of it. There's a couple of people I know on Twitter would argue that they've stuck by him all the way. Yeah. To the point there's a hashtag of Team Samaras. <laughs> but then the problem is, it's kind of... Then it can go too extreme one way, too extreme the other. Sometimes he can actually play awful and the people who support him don't see that because they are they have to support him and then it can go the other way. The people who criticise him, he has a good game but maybe he doesn't score. It's like yesterday, it was people having to go at Torres still and yeah, he should have had a shot when he had a good... But I thought Torres was, had an excellent game yesterday and I, I didn't see the whole um, Celtic game so I don't know what Sam Ass's overall game was like but sometimes it can be like that. A striker can have an awful game and hits, has one goal, scores a goal and people remember that. A striker can have a fantastic game and misses one really glaring opportunity and people will just remember that he didn't score. Same with the goalkeeper, you know, he can have a fantastic game, but if he lets one slip through his legs, then that's what people remember. So it can be quite a sort of cutthroat game, can't it, football? And people remember certain moments and forget the rest of the game, don't they? That's it. I think it's the same way referees as well. When you look at it, they go through, say, 89, 90 minutes doing everything correct and then they make that one one wrong decision and that's it. It's in the papers, It's the, the managers are talking about it, folk are talking about them getting the sack and so on. Uh, it's fine lines. Yep. Anyway, Aberdeen. Yeah, it's, it's always a game changer, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 
So, well, the Aberdeen got a, a fright from Cooney South. The, the game itself finished one each, but Cooney South went ahead and I, could, I didn't see much from the, the highlights to to tell how both teams played, but the Aberdeen fans would have been a bit worried in that one. I thought you were going to say the surprise was that Aberdeen almost won it. But, um, <laughs> I, ah, probably relief. Didn't look like the greatest of games. Um, both teams had a couple of chances, but there wasn't that many clear cut from from what I saw anyway. I don't think it's that bad result for Aberdeen. They seem to often slip up more at Bataudry with these ties, so an away game might suit them all right in the replay. I think I think they'll go through. To be honest, Queen of the South haven't had a great season. I think the I think they maybe feel a bit more pressure at Bataudry in front of their own fans who don't have a lot of patience at times with them in recent years. So yeah, seemed uh, I would say. Probably relief still from Aberdeen that they're still in it, and I think Vernon is Vernon's kind of goal poaching again, vital for them just to to get in there and sneak a sneak an equaliser. So I think I don't think they'll be too disappointed to be honest, Aberdeen. Yeah, at least they're still in the cup. That's the main thing. That's what they say. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was reading there well that uh, they've never actually won at Palmerston though, so that might be the the one concern they've got. Aye, but then you could say that Hearts had never beaten Auchinleck like Talbot before this season but that's a <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently they've played like a Palmerston a couple of times at least I mean I, yeah. I don't know how many times yeah I think it was like I think they're sort of two wins each or something and none of them for Aberdeen came at the Palmerston so I think something along those lines I mean it's still open I mean I, oh, yeah. by no means I would say it's a foregone conclusion but I just think maybe an away game in the cup against lower opposition for for Aberdeen would, would suit them not not Suit them maybe better than, than at Pataudry, so we'll wait and see. We'd all went for a home win in our predictions, so we were all wrong for that one. And uh, the next game up that I've got here was postponed, and that was Air against Falkirk. So bad weather effect in that. The next game up was Hibs against Kilmarnock, which Hibs surprisingly won 1-0. Uh, I had predicted a draw. Laurie, you were the same. Greg... He went for a home win, so in fact, not surprising for him. So I Hibs will be happy progressing through the quarterfinals. Yeah, I think the, the biggest surprise here is the Kilmarnock now. Hibs defence managed to turn up for a game. <laughs> yeah, so I think they showed a lot of good fight, which I think is maybe what they've been needing. A bit of luck as well, which you know, by all accounts, maybe they've not been getting in recent times. So it looked like a decent enough game. Chances both for both sides and it'd be good for Doyle's confidence to get another goal especially in front of the home fans and I think at the end it showed like Hibs were kind of backs to the wall it was one of these ones where it's just throw yourself in front of the ball make sure it doesn't ricochet in and yeah a certain degree of luck involved in it but I think you could hear from the reaction of the fans you could hear them starting to sing after a couple of blocks and that's almost what they want from their team just as much as scoring goals is to show a bit of fight at the back getting into challenges, throwing yourself in front of shots because they've been letting in goals far too easily recently. So I think to to actually keep a clean sheet probably almost as important as getting the goal at the other end for Hibs. And yeah, maybe a corner turned possibly for Fenlin. Uh, maybe not the most spectacular victories, but a victory nonetheless. And as Chris says, you know, to, to keep a clean sheet against Kilmarnock who are a decent enough attacking team will be very encouraging for the, the Hibs fans. 
I think sometimes it's these results that take you. If you can take that into the league, it's your your scrappy one 0 back to the wall win that can kick on your season. So we'll see what Hubs do next. I think because that'd be the key. Yeah, I think they they made quite a few signings just before the transfer window closed. So so yeah, I think they they could be looking to to kick on from that and and maybe leave Dunfermline behind. So the next game up is Motherwell against Morton, which finished six 0 a bit of a hump in there, and I thought that Hatley's goal, the, the first one, something you don't see straight very often, straight yeah. through the corner. Yeah, but not uh, just that. It wasn't even. It was a. I don't understand how that one went. I've seen you've seen corners go in sometimes, but I mean, there was it was an Irish game that long ago where the guy scored two corners, didn't he? Yeah, it was on the on the BBC, and then he almost scored a third, but I think Aye. the keeper saved it. It was more the fact that it was. It was a corner. Was kind of about what chest height to the keeper by the time he got to him, and he kind of just I don't know why he did actually. He just sort of did a little pansy jump and let it go past him. It was a bit bizarre. Yeah, but as as is, is often the case in games like this, when uh, it's a high scoring game in the first half, when in at five nil at half time, that I suppose it's difficult to motivate the players afterwards, and the team talk for the the losing team really just. Get some ultra defensive, but it's interesting that they, they only scored one goal in the second half, and it was only six nil. When I don't know, I don't know what changes in in your in the players' minds because you think they could motivate to to move on, but they don't. It's, apart from don't apart from anything, teams will be start thinking ahead. I mean, when you're five nil up, it's a chance to maybe not going over exert yourself, get fatigued, maybe pick up a knock, or it's it's a good opportunity, especially when you know that the other team will probably sit back a bit they won't want yeah. to commit too much so it's almost like I don't think you see it most of the time I don't think many teams really want bother going for the jugular in situations like that I think I remember the team like I think it was it was at Germany played I remember they played Saudi Arabia in the World Cup a few years back I think they put eight past them I think I remember saying afterwards that it's only a team like the Germans who would just keep going like that just keep that efficient just keep going attacking and killing teams like that without bothering just to sit back but in terms of most teams I think they would sit in just hold on to what they've got and I presume at half time Morton got a kick up the backside and basically just had to tighten up and sit in and a bit of damage limitation but I thought it was it was horrific defending and it wasn't even you know I mean they are a lower le- a team lower with all due respect to them they're division below Motherwell so they obviously won't have as good players but to concede goals from corners like that, you know, basic things like just marking, there's no excuse. You can't call lack of fitness or, you know, lack of technical ability. Stick with your man. You know, just letting people get free headers, letting corners just drift into the net like that. It's just basic stuff. And just, I don't think it was really much excuse. It's one of those where I think a few early goals and the heads go down and Manuel just took full advantage. I think the biggest disappointment must have been the, the highlights in sports scene because for the second round in a row they just seemed to breeze through Motherwell's one. I remember Greg complaining about that in the last <laughs> round. Uh, well, he won't be too bothered because he got his. Uh, he did say in the podcast that he thinks they might need a, an extra digit on the scoreboard for this one, and <laughs> he said on the forum afterwards, "Oofed, what a doing! I think I called this one on the podcast six going on 16. Um So he won't be too. I think he'll. You won't be too bothered with that. But yeah, I think what's that? Ten goals from Motherwell in the last two rounds squeezed into about what, five minutes or something. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I watched the, the highlights on the Sunday evening. And yeah, you got, I think there was, uh, it was an hour long programme. I think the Rangers game itself got about half an hour. 
and the rest were just squeezed in. And and some of them was just like, right, here's the goals, nah, move on. Uh, so the, the next game up is St Mirren against Ross County, which was one of those that they didn't really show you much about it. But I thought the, there was a run from Ross County, a guy, uh, Cochran. I think he, he won a penalty for Ross County, which the guy hit wide. I thought it was a really good run. Standout move of the match for me. Did you yeah, see it? Yeah, the, the, so I think he started in his own half, actually. That's very impressive, but it just, I don't know why they didn't let him. Don't know what his first name was. Mark Cor- if it's Mark, Mark Cochran, Cochran, he's yeah. seen not a uh, ex. He used to play for some yeah, yeah, I remember him. He was quite a good sort of tricky winger. I seem to remember back in his. If I'm thinking it right, the same player that is. I didn't even think who it was when I was when I was watching the game. But yeah, I think County would disappoint because they missed the penalty at the end. But at the same time, I think they'll be pretty confident. Maybe at home, difficult place to go up there. I would think so. Yeah, I think I think Martin will struggle going to Dingwall. I'd, I'd still expect County to go through in that one. I don't think St Mirren have been on the best of form recently, so not the worst result for them. County, yeah. that is. Once again, they're still in the cup. That's the thing. Yeah, although, you know, if Hearts get through the replay, then they won't be in it much longer. <coughs> <laughs> so moving on to the, uh, Sunday's game, and the first game up live on BBC One was Rangers against Dundee United. And I went into this, not really sure where the goals were going to come for from for Rangers, but I was confident in uh, a Rangers victory. How wrong was I? <coughs> I? Well, in the first half especially, I thought Dundee United were, were superb. I thought the, the Rangers did have a, a few chances, but I don't know, they, they seem to be bigging up Healy's chance and saying how good it was. It looked like a pass back to the keeper to me. Yeah, it was going in the corner, but there was no power there at all. I'm glad you said that because they kept talking that up. Pat Nevin was saying, oh, the keeper's seen it late. I think if, even though the keeper had seen it late, he could have thrown his bonnet on it. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was it was a strange shot. But that was I think there was that shot from Rangers and there was a shot from Aluko, and that's pretty much it. Then you look at the, the Dundee United chances. Uh, Daly, I know he was, he was a bit late on McGregor, but... I think that on another day that maybe would have been a play on there and Russell managed to slot at home. So I think Rangers got a bit lucky there. Uh, for Gunning's header, bullet header, I think McGregor got a very strong hand on it and still couldn't keep it out. If only he'd got a very uh, strong hand on the cross in the first place. Eh? I mean, he flapped at it a bit. Uh, He's a bit of a flapper, isn't he, though? Russell, I don't know how Russell got so much space for the, the second goal. Bocanegra, he just seemed to be in no man's land and he just couldn't get across in time. Russell, composure for, for such a young guy, brilliant. The second half wasn't wasn't as exciting as the, the first because Dundee United, they almost they almost sat in. It, it wasn't backs to the wall the entire game because they, they had a very good out ball with Mackay Stevens and Russell been very fast, very good in the break and giving Bartley and Goyen in particular some trouble but Rangers didn't really threaten it was... no, I think there was an Andrew Little sort of half chance Yeah, when the, yeah. One, of the, one of the few times Rangers actually went down the wings it was, it was strange because it was a cup tie and you would expect Rangers to be really hunting out these two goals to bring it back and then McCoy decides to take off his striker I'm just like, no, it's a cup tie. Let's let's keep the striker on, bring on players like Kerkar, Andy Little, maybe even McCulloch, 
guys who can play in midfield, but in the, in the dying 10 minutes or so, they can be pushed up front and you can go all out attack and really chase this because losing 4-5-0 is just as bad as losing 2-0, so, so why not go for it? And I, I just think McCoy really needs to look at himself and, and maybe think that he made the wrong choices for the substitutions. Has he got any choices, though? I mean, I, I, I agree. I don't I don't understand why he took off David Healy, your only real goal scorer, on a, in a, what, about an hour in when you're 2-0 down and put on... I mean, isn't Andy Little either a centre-back or a striker, though? Is that not where he plays, well, preferably? On his, I think on his Although debut... Although I never, I never trust people who are a centre-back or a striker. Well, he came on, I think, for his debut, and he came on against Celtic, and he played at right-back, but then he got injured very early on, and he went off. Then the next time I seen him, he was playing on the right wing. But then both those occasions, I'd always heard there was a striker, so it confused me a little. It's one of those, what, one of those Thomas Flogel types, just play everywhere apart from, apart from in goals. Although I mean, I just opened his Wikipedia page. Playing position: defender slash midfielder slash forward. That's about that just means anywhere. General as you get, isn't it? Yeah, yeah but I was say. Uh, Credit to Dundee United because although in the second half they, they did sit in for periods, uh, I mentioned earlier that I was impressed with Russell and Mackay Stevens. They, they, they did give their defence a, a good rest and uh, especially Bartley was getting properly wound up. And I, uh, I can't remember who it was he took it out on, but there was a United player on the deck and the ball was between the two of them and Bartley slid in, slid got the in, ball yeah. and, well... Took the, guy. the guy's head off. Uh. Yeah. Do you know what I don't understand? I I watched that and I, the, the person I was watching with was like, oh, I'm shocking. That's at least a yellow. It's supposed to be a red. And I was like, I was watching the replay a couple of times like, I don't see a foul anywhere. What are we watching? No, I, I must it's... watch Ian Black too much these days because I, I didn't even see a foul. I was like, what was wrong with that? He just slid in. I it's an old school tackle, isn't it? It's, it's take the ball and the man. It looked worse because the guy was on the ground already. Yeah. You see it a lot when uh, a fullback's running alongside a winger, and yeah, you get the chance to to tap the ball out, but no, you you slide it out and you you take the ball and you also take the man just just to give him a wee bit of a reminder that you're there. It's old school Scottish football, really. Me, me tackles. That's what it's all about. I started getting into the game again when those tackles started going in. That's what you like to and see. McGregor clashing with is it Latchney? Or the UK? Oh, and then the Latchney and Bocanegra were, were sliding in, and I'd call it maybe a 60-40, maybe 70-30 in favour of McGregor. He, he slid in, he got the ball. and I think McGregor maybe thought it was the United player, but it was more Bocanegra that caught McGregor. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know. It if... looked as if McGregor was trying to do that sneaky thing goalkeepers do occasionally and they put his leg up to get the guy who was coming in. Unfortunately, it was his teammate. Alan, Mac- <laughs> Alan McGregor do that? What, Mr. <laughs> Mr. I fly kick players when I try and catch the ball? McGregor, no. He wouldn't ever but deliberately... To be fair, it's not just McGregor that does that, because Arthur Boric used to do it all the time and it annoyed me. Aye. Oh, yeah, it annoys me as well. McGregor he, takes uh... it too far, though. I remember when he, Callum Elliott was behind him one time and he caught the ball, then fly kicked Elliott in the back. He wasn't even facing him. He always did. He did it against Aberdeen. Did he not get punished for it? When he did it against Aberdeen, just on the sly, the player wasn't even coming towards him, and he just does a sly kick as he catches the ball. He did, he did, he got in trouble, yeah, for the kick out. But yeah, and then Latchney got up, and he's, he could have suffered a, a, a triple broken leg, and 
he wasn't interested. He was he was heading for McGregor, and Colm had to <laughs> jump in and stop. But then I was a bit surprised that, that Colm decided to book the both of them because I didn't see what McGregor did in the incident, really. I thought Latchney was booked because of his reaction, but I didn't see McGregor do anything. Ach, it was the usual referee and cop out that just booked both of them, I think. Yeah. Referees do that all the time. Yeah, they do it to Ian Black all the time just for PD and Black, I think. <laughs> so the, the the attendance at the game, the woeful, was it 17,800? Unbelievable, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. I can believe when, yeah. I, when I saw that. I mean, I know that it's Scottish Cup and there'll always be a lower attendance in the Cup generally because it's not season ticket. You'll see it everywhere. I mean, Tynecastle was nine, 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 nine and a half thousand or something, I think. And I was, you know... It's it's amazing. I'm looking at that and I'm like quite disappointed. Hearts point of view, just under ten thousand at a Hearts game in the cup, which is live on TV. But then to think there's only a few thousand more at a Rangers game, which is uh, you know the same situation live on TV. It's puts it in a perspective a bit because that's an attendance that other SPL teams will sometimes get for big games, seventeen thousand. Yeah, yeah. So it's <laughs> you can understand it if it's one of the, the sort of lower division teams coming to. Like Celtic Park and Ibrox, when the attendance is pretty low because all the fans expect it's just going to be a win, they'll save it for the next round. But when it's Dundee United, you just it's a bit weird not well, to turn up for that game. You'd think that's the next toughest game Ibrox they could get other than Celtic, really. Oh, Dundee United have got a really good history uh, at Ibrox. Yeah, they always put up a good fight. and Yeah, I, I think that maybe it was it was quite early kick-off, quarter past 12. It was on council TV, so... I was waiting for someone to say council telly. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was on Sky, it would have been 30,000 there. I think that being on council telly does have a part to play in that, because, well, everybody has it, don't they? And the weather as well, it, it wasn't it wasn't too wild, it wasn't too cold, but when you've yeah, got that choice... You don't know that going in. Rangers not refused to watch yeah. the BBC, though. <laughs> you think they're making a full house? <laughs> They mentioned that at the end of the game they were uh, talking about Houston. He he came on to talk and then uh, was it Rob McLean? He mentioned that McCoy's won't be speaking to us. <laughs> uh, it's a shame actually because I'd have been interested to hear what McCoy had to say. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's it's, it's good to hear what what they've got to say and uh, especially in the in the heat of the moment, you want to you want to really get an insight into almost what he's what he's going to be saying behind closed doors. You didn't want to get them too much in the heat at the moment. You don't remember uh, McLean? <laughs> <laughs> McLean and John Barnes. What sort of question is that? <laughs> yeah, I was uh, Harry, Harry Redknapp had one as well when the, ball. the guy called him a, a wheeler dealer. Oh, I thought, I thought you were going to say that. Do you remember the training video one where he was getting interviewed at the training ground and the ball came oh, and yeah, smashed yeah. the side of the face? And he was <laughs> going absolutely mental. Demand yeah. to know who did it, swearing his head off as well. I liked when they were talking to Johnny Russell at the end of the game. They're saying, So, you be going out celebrating? And he's like, oh, I've got training tomorrow. I might watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> so then I'm thinking, Right, okay, this is. They should be going out drinking. And then what did I see? John Rankin on the TV. And I'm thinking, what about a boring run bunch of players that they should be out celebrating? Right, Johnny Russell will be on the phone to David, his old mate. Maybe pop down to Blackburn for a night out, see what's happening. Nah, I don't. Th- I don't think United players will be uh, openly talking about where they're going for a night out now. <laughs> it always never ends well for them, does it? Ah, yeah, right, yeah. Aye, so that's Rangers out anyway. And but we'll talk about the draw later. But trophy, trophies. 
all out the window now, it looks like. Uh, well, possibly. Well, come on. They could be top of the league this weekend. Oh, come on. <laughs> Aye, thanks for that, Chris. Thanks for the support. <laughs> Laurie wasn't helping, but you, you've cheered me up a little. One thing that... Oh, you've, they... not, you've not heard my... Uh... SPL predictions coming up. You'll find out he's at yeah. all. I think Rangers will be top of the weekend. Right. One thing that they, they did raise a wee smile during the game was Peter Houston's face after Russell's second goal. You've seen it when you were watching it live. Uh, the, the crowd's obviously going crazy. And then it cuts to Houston, who's just sitting there with a wee smug grin on his face. See, I never understand with managers. When it, you know, they kind of... I don't think it's... Not, I think managers who don't react, they're... Deliberately not reacting, you know, to look calm and collected. And I don't think that's not the reaction. Fair enough, you're not all going to be Martin O'Neill and jumping up 10 feet off the ground and <laughs> down the touchline or whatever. But you'd expect someone to be like, yes, under the breath, maybe a wee punch of the air or something. Well, with Houston, he, he did actually celebrate. You seen on the, they showed you a replay of him, and he was, he, I think he was standing up and he, he did celebrate and then went to go and sit down. So it's when they showed you live, all you got was him sitting down with a smug look. So yeah, he'd had a small celebration prior to that. Who but... was it who banged his head? Was it Billy Reid? <laughs> uh, Hamilton? Or was it not last season someone smashed their head off the dugout? That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think my favourite bit of the, the Peter Houston celebration was just before the goal went in, where he had that look of like, surprise on his face. It was that... Oh, he's got miles of space. <laughs> See Alex Ferguson look, isn't it, usually? Then he does his old man celebration. <laughs> Alex Ferguson always says, he's up. Oh, oh, what's that? Oh. <laughs> yeah, Hands yeah. above the head, just <laughs> celebrating like the old guy in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Well, willing it in, yeah. So the, the final game of the weekend was Hearts against St. Johnson, which finished one each. And we'd predicted a, a home win, all three of us. So, Laurie, are you, you happy to, to still be in the cup or are you as unhappy as Sergio was at the end? Well, I'm happy to still be in the cup, but I'm not particularly happy that we didn't win the game. Not that I'd, I thought St. Johnson fully merited uh, getting a draw, but to be honest, to to lose the equaliser after they'd gone down to 10 men and to then not really look particularly like we were going to grab a winner. I thought it was a bit disappointing. I didn't think it was a very good game in all honesty. I thought we edged the first half. Templeton was dangerous. He was kind of our one main threat. St. Johnson didn't really offer anything first half. And then they changed it. You know, when they brought in Sheridan second half they started looking a lot more dangerous. But again, they weren't creating a lot of clear-cut opportunities or anything. And then the red card, which was never a red card. I think the player's trying to kick the ball and he does catch the Hearts player, but there's no there's no intent with it at all. He's, he's... Oh, he, he didn't look in the, uh, Templeton's direction at all. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's... It was all about the ball and, yeah, I, I didn't agree with that booking either. I'm not sure his first yellow was even much in it either. Cause it, what was that one I know again? it's for descent, but it, it was one of those ones where he was shaking the ball in his hand out of frustration rather than descent. If he'd if thrown the ball away, maybe I would have booked him, but I think... I can't, I, I can't even remember his first oh, one, but... It almost galvanised the St. Johnson team because that kind of spurred them on to then go and equalise. Poor defender from Zalukas. It was a very cool finish from, from Sheridan. But I think Zalukas, he, I thought he was a bit... one of his. It was one of his games where he was looking pretty suspect, I thought, at the back. And uh, he, he kind of tried to step out, but it didn't work at all. And it allowed them one-on-one and he gave 
Jamie McDonald no chance and we just don't have any real threat up front I think people were very critical of Stephen Elliott after the game but I didn't really think he had a chance to be good or bad he just they didn't really get any service up there and he's a small guy he's not someone who's going to hold the ball up or win lots of flick-ons or anything so Scatchell was anonymous which is disappointing but like I said on the forum you know, we can't expect him to be you know scoring hat-tricks or taking every game by the scruff of the neck so I think we need more players to step up and I think when Templeton sort of ran out of steam in the second half, he's carrying a bit of a knock. We kind of faded. So I'm disappointed because our away form's complete garbage and I'm not overly confident of going to Perth and getting a victory. Then again, St. Johnston fans will say their home form's pretty garbage. So, you know, what's it probably be nil-nil and go to penalties then? It's anyone's game. So, yeah, obviously happy that we didn't go out, but I thought it was an opportunity missed, especially since we are 1-0 up playing against 10 men with a quarter of an hour to go. You know, you shouldn't then lose that, draw that game from there. So I have to say it was the overriding feeling was of disappointment. So during the game, there was talk that Kello was out because he had a, an injured back, but it seems to be that... Political. It's political <laughs> reasons that's kept him out. Does he, does, he, does he vote for the wrong party or something? I don't know. <laughs> He's a Tory. <laughs> yeah, it's... See, it's... I don't know where I... I don't actually often... It's one of these situations where I'm not sure if I do. A lot of Hearts fans have this sort of knee-jerk reaction against Romanov when it's, oh, you know, he's signing for someone else. But then again, if someone is signing for someone else and we're trying to bring through these two other goalkeepers as our new number one and number two or battling out for number one... I don't know if it's anything that wrong with then using McDonald and Ridgers ahead of Kello. He is going to be going in the summer. I think he is undoubtedly the better of the three keepers, but we're not going to be keeping him. Well, I think that at the end of the day, it has to be up to the manager. And it's clear that Sergio wants to play Kello. So I can see what you're saying about uh, looking to the future, but your manager's there to pick the team. He's he's more qualified than Romanov, yeah, but for example. But then it's all... We know about this now. We know that he's going to have a say on things. It was the same as Zalukas when Zalukas was refusing to, he, when he was demanding 20 grand a week and he wouldn't sign a new deal unless we gave him 20 grand a week. Romanov said, You're not allowed to play him just now. Mm-hmm. Simple as. And you can say what you want about it. I think personally these things should always be down to the manager, but it's not only Hearts that happens with. You know, for a fact, other teams, certain signings will get they have to play, you know, with Shevchenko at Chelsea, there was all that thing about he always had to play, and yeah. Torres, even Torres now, you hear a lot of stuff about. Well, you look at uh, Greg Wilde at Rangers at the start of the season when he had finished pretty much every game the last season, and then there was issues, he wasn't really looking like he was going to be signing a new contract, and McCoy's didn't play him for weeks, he played Ortiz on the left, and then finally when he did sign, Wilde just magically gets into the team so yeah it does happen elsewhere yeah I mean that's I mean that's bottom line is that the manager won't be happy because he doesn't get to play a player that he maybe wants to play and I've heard I've heard um, things coming out of people around Tynecastle that there's a possibility Sergio could walk in the close season because he'll just get too frustrated because when he was brought in I don't know if you remember when he was brought in there was talk of is it the aims are to win the league. It was always going to be ridiculous anyway, even if the current budget he'd had when he came in and the team he'd had. and It's got to be difficult for him because he's not allowed to make any signings pretty much. His hands are pretty much tied. And it must be frustrating to come into a team and you have to just work with what you've got. Not that he has a bad squad or anything, but 
they're certainly not a squad who are built to play the way he wants to play. And he's now, although I still think we've got a strong squad overall, we're ridiculously weak up front. And we've only got really one experienced striker now in Stephen Elliott. Kevin Kyle's obviously long-term injury, so we've not really got anything up there. We've got Gordon Smith, who's not only played a few games. You've got Gary Glenn, who's never really turned it on. And you've got a couple of I youngsters. I feel your pain, Laurie. Exactly. I, I was saying, I said on Twitter, I was like, Celtic must have more strikers than Hearts and Rangers put together. Because there's, there's no one, isn't there? You could maybe get a two up front if we put our team together. And even then, well, who would it be? What David Healy and Stephen Elliott? Or, oh, Healy, superstar striker. Yeah, so... <laughs> It's not great. But a lot of Hearts fans say they want to see Kello back in because we want to get third. But part of me thinks, I don't know if we'll get third anyway, but if Jamie McDonald's going to be number one next year, would we not be more beneficial giving him 10, 15 games till the end of the season rather than then he starts from scratch next season? That's just maybe... I'm I'm tending to look long-term more at the moment. I want to get third this season, of course, but to be honest, if we finished fifth and we maybe had a maybe more of next season's first team had more of a chance this season, if you get what I mean. That might be a better thing long-term if more of these younger players got a chance ahead of the likes of Kelo and Zalukas and, you know, players who we know for a fact will will be going soon. You know, Kelo in particular, he's, his contract's up. So would I rather have David Abu on the bench or maybe David Smith, that 18-year-old who could be the future? Well, you know my answer to that one. <laughs> So, I so the, the replays of the, the Scottish Cup take place on, on Valentine's night. Not really sure who decided that one, but... There's single be, people. I think of people, there's, there's <laughs> going to be a few unhappy wives. <laughs> well, they're really... So, yeah, so you're taking, taking out for a meal. Hmm, there's football on. Pub meal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, in fact, I've done that before myself. Went out for a meal. And managed to get myself sitting, so I'm looking at the screen. Just do what, um, just do what, uh, what's it? Billy Bright does in the football factory. You know when he takes it out, and then they're watching the, uh, they're watching the, the FA Cup draw. Are they not? Remember that? Oh, no, I can't remember. I've seen the film, but I can't remember. Then he ends up headbutting some people, some guys who are talking too loudly. No, it was exactly Oscar. No, it was exactly Oscar winning, but you know I still remember it. I did enjoy the film, but no, I can't remember that. No. Oh well. The draw. The draw for the, the Scottish Cup. Who did Rangers I'm, get? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to refer to it as a Diddy Cup now. It's just, I'm not even interested <laughs> anymore. No, I've another one's a Diddy on. Cup. Who did Rangers Stop. get in the Diddy Cup then? Are Rangers I, in the Diddy I've Cups? moved on. <laughs> I, I said on the forum that I've, I'm going to start watching Songs of Praise and, on a Sunday <laughs> and do my ironing rather than watch the football because it's not really working out. It's not really working out. You're going to get a week off actually coming up. I think it's like March 10th and 11th. Is a the next round of the Scottish Cup and there won't be any league games for Rangers to play so he'll actually get a weekend off might get a lifetime off soon huh? <laughs> uh, David Teeley can spend his time polishing his boots <laughs> so uh, the quarter-final draw so you've got Hearts or St Johnson versus St Mirren or Ross County Air United or Falkirk versus Hibernian the big tie of the round Dundee United versus Celtic hot balls Excuse right, me? Is that, is that another treatment you get at the spa? <laughs> it's no Valentine's Day yet. <laughs> Motherwell versus Queen of the South or Aberdeen. And the ties are taking place on the 10th and 11th of March. 
Has uh, the TV fixture been decided yet? I assume uh, it would be Dundee United Celtic. I imagine it will be Dundee United Celtic, but I don't know when it will be, whether it will be the Saturday or the Sunday yet. Well, Dundee United Celtic's the only game that is actually a confirmed tie, isn't it? Every other one's got a, an yeah. either-or, haven't it? So it's the only yeah, right. it's the only one that can be decided just now. But uh, it's, it's one of those... It's, it's a, de- a decent draw for, for everyone outside them, I suppose, because there's potential for two of the better teams to... Or one of two, one of the teams to go out, and I mean, if United manage to get a victory, it makes it very open. I just fear that Hearts are gonna are gonna miss out on anything more because I think we'll get beat in Perth. But if we get through, it's a good draw because we're at home and we avoided Celtic. Yeah. <laughs> if you get through. ah, but you might get Ross County. You know what they're like for cup shocks. I <laughs> well, I, I I don't think any ties easy, especially just now, I think it's it's very open, but the factor at Tynecastle, if it's away, then I'd expect everyone, anyone to beat us, I'm never confident away from home, but yeah, it's it's an interesting one, you can't really comment on too much of the ties because obviously the Dun United Celtic is the only confirmed one, um, Jimmy Gomez, a United fan on the forum says, Celtic lol, ah well, we'll just have to do it the hard way this year should be a cracking game between two attacking teams and a wink face, winky face after that yep, uh, yep. I did appreciate him doing that again. He's always kicking me when I'm down. <laughs> Aye, well, uh, well, we'll just have to, we'll just have to see. JB nineteen seventy eight says about the, obviously the potential Aberdeen draw if, if they do get past Queen of the South, they're away at Motherwell. Motherwell away is tough to get through. We'll still need to beat Queen of the South uh, though, and I'm hoping we get the job done second time around. You think maybe Greg will be hoping that Aberdeen do do it so they can potentially, you know, he does, oh, he'll love that. He does, yeah. he does like to beat. He does like beating Craig Brown, so you maybe be hoping that Aberdeen do get through so he can get another, another tie against them. But I think Greg's happy either way that tie goes. To be honest, because either Aberdeen fail to get there in the first place, in which case Mother will get a home, a yet another home tie against lower league opposition, or they get to put Aberdeen it themselves. The interesting yeah. thing is, there's a potential for three <clears throat> first division teams. Um, to be in the semi-finals and there's also a potential realistic potential that there's no old firm in the semi-finals I would still favour Celtic to go through but you never know it's probably the trickiest tie they could have got at the moment I'd generally like yeah. to put Tynecastle in there as well but mm, maybe not especially United after being Rangers in the, in the cup I think that's going to be in their minds I think they're going to be very confident of a uh, Maybe not confident of getting a victory, but confident of going out there and fighting and, and going for the victory. I think they'll be glad to do a home tie, certainly. Yeah, yep. If you're going to, if you have got to face Celtic Rangers, you want to do it at home. Having said that, they have knocked Rangers out of Ibrox already. So. Celtic never get home ties, do they? No, 2009 was the last time the Scottish got home tie. Conspiracy. Aye, it's them hot balls yep. that Chris was talking about. <laughs> I must admit, when I was uh, predicting who would get in the draw, I thought we'd get Ross County because we've been away to Peterhead and Inverness already in this cup. We've been tra- well travelled. Yeah. So before we move on to the, the SPL preview, we forgot to mention the, the penalty kick uh, incident the, at the Hearts against St Johnson game where Dave Mackay jumped up with his arm in an unnatural position, <laughs> to put it. To put something that isn't in the rules into your sentence, yeah. (laughs) So 
so picky, Larry, so picky. No, what? Yeah. It's right. It's, it's, <laughs> but one, one, the rules to be applied is picky. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've said before, though, they always come to this unnatural position. I've said it in previous podcasts. What yeah. does that mean? What's unnatural when you're running about and you're jumping and you're tackling? Unnatural is your hands flat by your side, but that seems to be what... I'll tell you, unnatural is with your, with your arm up in the air, like Mackay did. Just to, to block it. Definitely Only penalty for me. That's it. That's that's when he's trying to take off. <laughs> I don't th- see for me it's not a penalty, it's not there's no intent. He's he's jumping up, the ball hits his hand rather than the hand his hand doesn't make a move to the ball after the after the ball comes towards it. I, for me it's never a penalty at all and no. It seems bizarre when I'm arguing. I was doing, I was doing on Sunday as well, arguing with people who aren't Hearts fans that we shouldn't have had a penalty. <laughs> I just it gets on my nerves. So I've got to look at it. I think people have to look at it objectively. So I will as well. If that was in the other box, I would have been saying no way is that a penalty. So if it's in St Johnson's box, same thing. I don't think it's a penalty. I think handball. You've got you've got to stop giving them so so easily. I think because it's a rubbish way to concede a penalty. Your hands are there. I think as my quote. What was my quote in my highlights reel? Your hands are there. You can't cut them off. The ball's good. ball's likely to hit them at some point, isn't it? So, but if you get if you get away with that, what's to stop people doing what like Gary Caldwell did with star jump and just putting your arms out there, just thinking, okay, well, if it hits off it, as long as I don't move my hand towards it, if it hits off it, it'll be okay. Jumping up for a header at a corner, just put two hands up in there, just do a wee Superman. What's to stop you doing that? Yeah, you've got there's got to be you've got to take on a case by case basis. I mean. I personally thought, yeah, you, sh- you shouldn't jump with your hand because it's a risk, but it was one hand going up. It's just maybe just jumps like a weirdo. I don't know. Maybe that's how he jumps. <laughs> <laughs> jumps like a weirdo. <laughs> maybe he's trying to, I don't know, I don't know what he's trying to do. But, you know, maybe he's still his hand in the air saying, you know, mark up. Who's got him? <laughs> but, yeah, for me, it wasn't a penalty. So we'll, we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on to the, the SPL preview. We've got two midweek games and a full card on the Saturday. And the first game up is Dunfermline against Kilmarnock. And that's on Tuesday evening. That's tomorrow evening. Uh, I don't know. I don't think Dunfermline are going to win. I don't think they've won at home all season in the league anyway. I I, I just think that the, the season ticket holders are getting a rough ride and I think it's going to continue. I think the Killy are going to win this, but I don't think they're going to win it by a lot. I think I'm going to go for a 2-0 victory to Killy. Mm. I had my prediction in before for this, which, take it this game, was was it postponed at the time? Weather or something? Yeah. Or? I, whoever I... wrote that predictor is quite clever because they've managed to <laughs> remember all the predictions. It doesn't sound that complicated, come on. Uh, <laughs> only joking. Yeah, I had 3-2 Kilmarnock for my original one. Hmm. Goal fest. Um, I don't know. Let me let me click this clever thing on the predictor, which is quite clever. That tells me what the form has been. Information: last five games, Kamarnik one two Celtic. Is the top one the most recent game? Is it? Uh, yeah. Yes. It is. So yes. all right. So wait. The last game. The last game. Wait. I'm confused. This is weird. Craig, what's going on? I know what's going on. Oh, wait, no, no, it's because Dunfermline have had two games since Kamarnik's had one. Right. 
The last game the Kilmarnock like, had, they got humped 3-0 by Dunfermline in their own patch. I'm going with a Dunfermline win. I'm going 2-1 Dunfermline. There you go. I even banged the table. Just <laughs> <laughs> 2-1, boom. 2-1 Dunfermline, have that. I've changed it. Take that to the bank. Take two goals off Kilmarnock for my original prediction. No, nah, I'm sticking with Kilmarnock. I don't think Dunfermline are going to win this. I think Dunfermline's home patch has just been terrible and... I think uh, Kilmarnock will be hurting after that defeat to Hibs in the Cup. So, I think a 2-1 Kilmarnock. No boom? No? No. I'm not that excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sa- I'm saving my boom for the next game. Right. Oh so, the next game up's on Wednesday. And it's live on Sky, I think. I don't know the exact channel for this one. I, didn't, I forgot to write it down. And that's Hearts versus Celtic. And I'm going to go for, I'm going to, I think I'm going to take my blue tinted specs off and I'm going to go for the result that I think will happen. And I think that's a Celtic victory. I'm going to go for a 2-1. 2-1-2 Celtic. Yeah, my original prediction is still in this one. And I don't think I'm going to change this one. My original prediction was 2-0 Celtic. And I think... We'll probably be about that. I still think we're solid enough. Well, touch wood. Bang that table again. <laughs> Say that and we get beat 5-0. But, uh, yeah, we just don't pose much of a threat going forward. So, I kind of see us scoring. But I did have a little clip from the last one because I noticed in the Mullerwell-Morton game one of these things where certain songs seem to spread around football at the same time. And a bit of KC in the, in the Sunshine Band, is that right? Got that right? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Playing that. We, well, we said we tend to play it after we score goals just now, which obviously isn't very often. But, um, <laughs> and I noticed Motherwell playing it as well. So, just a little clip from the last time Hearts played Celtic at Tynecastle. A bit of KC in the Sunshine Band, but with the Hearts fans putting their own words to it. Hopefully, we'll hear it again next time on, on Wednesday. <laughs> Good, good banter there. See, I think I'd rather hear that tune, uh, Tony Stokes, to be honest. <laughs> well, you might you might get your wish on Wednesday. <laughs> uh, see, uh, this is the odd thing. You two are far more confident about this game than I am, because I hate going to Tynecastle. We need to be at our best when we're at Tynecastle, because it doesn't matter how much form Hearts have got going into the game, they always seem to play really well against us. Uh, Hopefully we can do it, but I can see us dropping points here. I think this is going to be the end of the run. I think it's going to be a one each draw, and it's going to be the first draw since 2009. We'll be actually three draws in a row. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that was like two purring cats. <laughs> the Anfield cat. <laughs> right. So, that surprised me. That's a bit weird, but... The Hearts fan predicts the biggest win for Celtic. The Rangers fan predicts a slightly narrower win for Celtic, and the Celtic fan predicts that Celtic won't win. What's going on? Next, next, I'll be predicting Hibs. Oh no, I will. I won't. I? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on Saturday, the first game is a lunchtime kickoff, a twelve o'clock kickoff, early, early kickoff for this. 
uh, live on ESPN, and that's Dunfermline against Rangers. Uh, I mentioned previously that Dunfermline they just they just can't win at home. I think it's just I don't know. I think they're just it's badness in them to the season ticket holders. They're just it's what. It's just badness. I think. <laughs> it's just bad. They're just pish. That's what you're saying. I can't so put I my think... finger on why they've not won at home yet. I think they're just crap. <laughs> so I'm going to go for a Rangers victory, but it's going to be narrow. They're going to be. They're going to want to bounce back after the the cup get knocked out of the cup by Dundee United. But again, I, I'm I'm struggling to think where goals are going to come from. Uh, I'm going to go That's for narrow. Probable. Well, yeah, Aluko, Aluko always looks dangerous. Yeah. Uh, he, goes Steve Davis, people like that, I think. Healy, he, he plays, uh, he doesn't really get much chance. Mm. Right, I'm going to go 1-0 Rangers. 1-0 going on 2-0, but I'm going to <laughs> go 1-0 going on 2 <laughs> Sudden offensive. Uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to say 1-0 Dunfermline, just for banner. Uh, just mm. for banner. <laughs> Even though they're crap, as Craig likes to like, Craig like to point out. Even <laughs> even with their badness, <laughs> I'm gonna go. Rangers just were just woeful. I mean, I mean, there should be a lot of probably a lot of fans turning up as uh, as empty seats, dressed up as empty seats at East End Park. So maybe Rangers will feel a bit more at home with that. But yeah, <laughs> I'll still go. I'll still. I'm gonna go one nil done for him. Let's just make it interesting. Oh, see, I think what we're going to get is we've, we've, everybody in Scotland seen how bad Rangers were on Sunday. Uh, it was on the BBC, and uh, so everybody in the SPL is now going to think they're there for the taking. So what Rangers really need is a comprehensive win against somebody, and they couldn't have asked for a better game. <laughs> I think going away to Dunfermline, where Dunfermline haven't won all season, and I think Rangers are going to be winning this at least two 0 I think there might be more. I thought you were going for a landslide there. <laughs> you were building it up, I'm thinking. Going for 2 0 in the same way that Celtic won 3 0 at the start of January. It was one of those 3 0 going on 15. It was just Celtic sitting being yeah. cruising. Well, I think Rangers game could be exactly the same. I think got, it's going to be a, a nice, easy win to give them a bit of confidence. Right. And that'll put them top of the league because Celtic will have drawn one each. Aye, top aye. league for how long? One couple of hours. Aye, aye. It all counts. It all counts. It's a wee confidence boost, I think. Yeah. So the next game up is Celtic against Inverness. And I think the, the Celtic, see, see, I'm predicting a victory on Wednesday. And that's going to take their, their run to, what, 113 games won in a row? Something like that. So I'm going to go... Additions it would be. I'm going to go for another victory for Celtic, and I'm going to go for a two-one victory because I think the Inverness can they can step up and they can perform, but I just think that often they don't. And so I think it's going to be a Celtic victory, but I think Inverness will put up a bit more of a fight this time. Nah, three 0 Celtic. Well, I don't think Inverness will be as bad as they were last week. I think Terry Butcher was talking about eight or nine changes to the team. I don't see him actually making those changes, but I think uh, it'll be a, a rocket up them at training this week. Yeah. I think, the, but I think the home advantage will probably cancel that out. <laughs> so pessimistic. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think, just to be really boring, given that the previous three meetings between these two teams have been 2 0, I'm going to say 2 0. <laughs> mm. mm. So. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Interesting. The next game up is 
Laurie's team versus Aberdeen. <laughs> and I think... <laughs> I think I'm going to go for a, a home victory because, well, I assume the O'Connor will be back and Griffiths will be back. They'll have served their bands. Is that correct? I think so. Do you guys know? If I, I'm sure they're due back. So, yeah, I think they're going to come back. I think they're going to both score and I think it's going to be a 2-0 victory to Laurie's team. Hi. <clears throat> I'm gonna go one 0 Hib, same score as they got in week. I think they'll I think they'll maybe go about their business. Nothing spectacular, but after Dunfermline's beaten Rangers they'll they'll know they'll need to there'll be a there'll be a few points behind because Dunfermline had two wins by then, so Hibs will be a bit adrift at the bottom. So they'll be needing a win to close the gap on Dunfermline by this time. After Dunfermline's six points in a couple of days. Can't believe I've just predicted they'll get two home wins in four days after not having one all year. Uh, yeah. Okay, 1-0 Hibs. Yeah, I think it will 1-0 Hibs as well. I think Aberdeen, for all, they're, they're not really conceding many goals at the moment. They're not scoring many either. So I think we might see Hibs getting back-to-back clean sheets. <laughs> so the next game up is Kilmarnock versus Laurie's second team. I think I think we're looking, looking at a, an away win here. I can't, I can't see pass hearts on this one. I think Why? Got two... We're nah, crap away from they're... home. Why do you always say you can't see past us and we're going away from home? Oh, come on, I could just crap, just in general. So, <laughs> so I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory to Hearts. 1-0 Kilmarnock. I just, don't, I just don't know where we're going to score goals from just now. I was going to go 0-0, but we, we, we threw their 0-0. In fact, 1-0 nah, Kilmarnock. I just don't know where we're going to score from just now. I, I kind of see us scoring, conceding a lot. Touch wood again there, but after a two 0 defeat to Celtic in a week, I think the confidence will be down again. And one <laughs> 0 Kilmarnock, it'll be a rubbish game and no penetration, and it'll be a rubbish goal as well. We hit off someone's arse and go in, and it'll just be political issues. Will keep someone else out of the team, and one 0 Kilmarnock. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Hearts poor away form, Kilmarnock's poor home form. I'm going for 0-0. <laughs> I'll have the ball behind in the A71 derby. The A71 derby, that's, that's, that's like Aberdeen claiming derby's left, right and centre. That's not with a new form, isn't it? <laughs> so next game up is St Johnson against Dundee United. And I think that Dundee United are going to be flying after their victory at Ibrox, but... I think that they're going to be overcome with cockiness. <laughs> overcome with cockiness. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it is going to creep in because I think St. Johnson are, are a good team. I think they're going to cancel each other out in this one. I'm going to go for one all. Yeah. One all sounds quite tempting. Mm. Yeah, St. Johnson will be wanting to take advantage of Hearts. Two defeats and... Sneak back above the one points. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go 2-1 Dundee United, though. I think they'll be buoyed by that victory. I don't think they'll be overcome with cockiness. I think they'll be buoyed by the victory in a good way. They'll be overcome with confidence. And they'll take it to McDermott Park, where St. Johnson tend to struggle, unless they're playing hearts when they always win. So, <laughs> 2-1 to Dundee United, I reckon. <clears throat> I'm going 2-1 for the home team, I think. 
I think Killian Sheridan's coming back now after his injury. They've always got France and Daza. It's a nice little partnership. And the number of times I've seen teams beat Celtic or Rangers and then lose the very next week, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. So I think it's going to continue. I think it will be 2 1 St. Johnson 1. You think Killian Sheridan's been running about in the snow in Siberia with a, a log on his back training to get back in it? He looks at it with that, that, <laughs> that beard. Was a back in the fitness. <laughs> back in the fitness. I think I tweeted last night that I'm going to start exclaiming by saying, by Sheridan's beard. <laughs> I, I, think, I think I've decided, I think we'll edit the podcast and we'll, because it sounds a bit bitter saying cockiness, I'm going to change that to overcome by complacency. <laughs> I think that sounds le- less bitter can you after get, the weekend. Can you get overcome by complacency? <laughs> <laughs> it's alright, nobody will, nobody will notice the edit, Laurie, it's alright. So the next game up is St Mirren against Motherwell and I think Motherwell are going to win this. I think the the, the lucky, the, the beautiful lucky silver strip's going to come back into play and they're going to win this. Wear, I think they're, going to... they're going to wear away to St Mirren. Clash oh. St Mirren's kits. It's black and white. No, that's going to clash. Oh. Surely that'll clash. That will cause a clash actually, yeah. You'll remember they wore their own kit when they beat them one... Did they not beat them 1-0 at St Mirren Park earlier in the season? Tom Hately free kick. Near the end, was it? I can't remember. 89th. Right, I'm going to go for a 3-0 anyway. 3-0 to Motherwell. Lucky silver kit or not. Hmm. Hmm. It seems to be the sound of the day. <coughs> it's very Yoda. It's very Yoda. Hmm. One down, one win. <laughs> <laughs> Is that just Kenny Shields again? Just a bit more... <laughs> a bit more thoughtful. That's this week's impression. <laughs> this week, Yoda. I can't even go from Kenny Shields to Yoda. Anyway. It doesn't really seem like a sage old mind. <laughs> I'm going to go... <laughs> I can't think of anything else to say from Star Wars. I've not seen that long. Uh... Shut up, Wendell. Make my mind up. I will say, Men gave Motherwell quite a good game at Fur Park. I actually think I'm going to go 1 1. Can't decide. Yeah, I think Motherwell's away form's been decent. Martin's home form's been okay. Beat Rangers a few weeks ago. Had that pretty good performance against Celtic recently as well at home. So I think this could be an absolute cracker. So I'll say 0 0. No, I'm going to say 2 each. <laughs> <laughs> to each it's a quick change of mind there I wouldn't surprise me if it's 0-0 because I'm talking it up the last time I talked the game up that's what's that over <laughs> aye mm-hmm. <laughs> over the over the last couple of weeks we've, we've kind of changed the, the Paul Band charity bet we've moved it away from a, a 0-0 prediction to an accumulator and last week, we put the £5 on Celtic to win, Aberdeen to win, Motherwell, Rangers, Hearts, and Ross County. And <laughs> unsurprisingly, we lost. We lost. But I think the problem was that we were doing the, the predicting, and although we were doing it collectively, we weren't that good. So I managed to speak to Paul Band, and he has given us predictions for the weekend's games and he's given us a six team accumulator. Okay, okay. So we've got Rangers. I waited on Firmland. East Fife. Oh, 
Christ, and then we're going to go this low in the leagues. Uh, <laughs> away to Albion Rovers. Cowden Beef. Send like a way to the classified. Cowden Beef, nil. Sterling <laughs> Albion, seven. Aye, <laughs> Cowden Beef at home with Sterling Albion. Arbroath. Two. Uh, Greg's favourite favorite place. Uh, Arbroath. Oh, way to Forfar. Clyde at home to East Stirling and Berwick Berwick Rangers away to Berwick Rangers really? they're away to Alaba that's, that's what he's chosen that's, that's the Paul band Berwick Rangers to beat Alaba Alaba on, on form with the Paul Hartley doing his apprenticeship before he moves to Hearts <laughs> well you can't argue with the Paul band I can. So that's <laughs> <laughs> I might be wrong in the end, but I can still argue. <laughs> right, so five pound on that. Well, you have six six team accumulator. Well, it's, uh, it's it's good odds for that. I think, especially when you picked, um, we Paul Hartley's team to lose. You're getting seventy twos. So it's probably the biggest odds we've ever had. No wonder as well. Well, hopefully it comes up. <laughs> Hopefully. I'll be demanding an explanation as to why he picked East Fife if it doesn't. Sorry, why as he why he picked um Berwick Rangers rather. Well, I want a written explanation if they don't We'll discuss it next week's podcast. Why he would bet against Alawa when they're at home. So much as bad as betting Glasgow Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm just I'm just ignoring that, Chris. <laughs> It's, it's, it's not been a fun day at work today. Uh, every Celtic fan coming up and asking me how the cup's going. Oh, if I was looking forward to the draw today. Well, he's must he's must still be in the loving cup. In the what? Oh, no, no that again. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> right, so that brings us to the the end of the podcast. The end of the the thirtieth episode. A, a small landmark episode. I'll, I'll edit in your not very excited whoop whoop at this point. Whoop whoop! <laughs> <laughs> well, 30, 30 is a milestone, but it's it's not as big as a, a 25 or a 50th or a, or a 52, as Chris suggested before we started. Once <laughs> <laughs> we make it to a year of podcast. Yeah. Right, Actually, so it won't be 52 now that I think about it, because we'll take a break when the season's finished. Oh, so aye. The, we'll get the to year will be summer holidays. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. More spies. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so, aye, thanks for coming back on, Chris. I, I appreciate you avoiding your, your, your facial. Yep. <laughs> no problem. It's good to be back. It's always good when you avoid a facial, aye. It's never good. Aye. <laughs> thanks for co-hosting again, Laurie. Mm, welcome you are. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, cheers guys. Eh? See you later. Bye. 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 <laughs>